What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Two Bucks Sports Podcast, episode 23 to be exact. Uncle Buck and I have got quite the show for you tonight. A lot of things happening in the sports world. So with that, I'm going to welcome in my co-host, Uncle Buck. Welcome to the podcast, sir. Hey, Rusty. Glad to be back for another episode. Um, busy week for a, for this time of year, you know. Free agency started in the NFL yesterday. Uh, we had coaching hires in college basketball. We had teams get eliminated from the tournament last night. Just a lot of things to get to that uh, I'm glad to start with. Yeah, absolutely. And what a better night to start than tonight. Got a lot of things to cover. You know, been a busy week at work for me. Uh, you and I had some conversations this week. I've just been snowed under and feeling, you know, overwhelmed, underappreciated, whatever. But tonight I've got a new perspective. We're going to be positive about all things until I'm not positive about them. And then we're going to be negative about them. <laughs> you know, it is you're just being the prototypical American right now and just throwing away all of your resolutions after one day. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so yeah. so my goal here today is to make you quit your resolutions of being positive. <laughs> well, I'm sure you've got lots of topics you can yeah. bring up after last night's basketball uh, affair, if you will. Uh, can't talk to me about baseball. Them dogs won six in a row. We'll get to that here in a little bit. But uh, anyway, I'm going to stay positive tonight. Yeah. Speaking of, Drew – what was when you were in school, right? We liked going to school. We liked seeing our friends. What was the best part about school? Getting out of school. What Absolutely. Are you talking about? <laughs> Absolutely. Snow days, missing yeah. school, getting checked out. That was the best part of school was not having to go. Yeah. One time when I was, I mean, I was old enough to know better, I guess. I was probably fifth, sixth, seventh grade. We uh, was, had some bad weather. It looked like tornadoes were coming. Mm-hmm. And so instead of just hiding in the hallway, my mom came and checked me and my sisters and my two cousins out and took us home. And as it was, the winds were swirling, she found me and Kirk and David in the front yard hitting golf balls. <laughs> that sounds about <laughs> She's right. Like, uh, there's lightning out here. Please, please, please quit holding the <laughs> lightning rods. <laughs> and for those of you who know Drew, Kirk, and David, that makes total sense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. We weren't thinking about anything other than hitting a few golf balls. So. Absolutely, man. And I can't tell you how many times uh, Coach Pete Sego came and drug me, Jesse Curtis, Dan Garvin, Brad Wheeler back from the Hitchin Post, RIP, to Kasu High yeah. School. We'd slip out for lunch because, you know, I mean, lunch food isn't nothing compared to the Hitchin Post. No. And it's just like – and it's a tempting there, thing, right? Because like know, it was, it was adjacent to campus. Like you could walk there and walk back. It was, it was a recipe for disaster. Well, it's just like you know, drinks taste better at the beach. You know, yeah. uh, food tastes better when you're sneaking out of school. Eating, you know, absolutely. <laughs> so. And he would figure out one path and set up on it. We'd make another one going around the baseball field and sneaking over to the hitching post. <laughs> yeah. So, given this theme and what Rusty is getting at here is that today, in honor of spring break in my empty house, we are drafting the best spring break activities or activities when you're out of school. Yeah. And so uh, that's where we're going to get at today. Rusty, remind me, uh, who's got the first pick? Oh, I think it's you. I think I, I think went first. Right. I think you're yeah. up first. Yeah. Okay. Well, to me, this was very easy for the first pick because these are personal things that we did, and it's memories that have lasted for me for now. I'm 30, almost 31 years old, and so these memories have kind of built up, and you've got a lot of memories. And so the first thing that came to my head of things that we did in summertime or on spring break was 
we would go outside and build forts. Mm. So I, uh, I grew up on a cattle farm, basically. Uh, my grandpa had bought a whole bunch of land way back in the day. And as each of his children got married, he gave a plot of land to us. And we all built on the same road. So me and Kirk and David and my other cousin Hunter, we all lived on the same patch of grass. And on this cattle farm was plenty of places to get lost in the woods. And so we would just cut out one day on the go-karts or by foot or bicycle, whatever we had at the time. And we would just go out and we'd build a fort. Mm. And um, we found an old piece of scaffolding one time. And that was the best thing we could have found piece of metal scaffolding because we'd just lean it up against a tree find a whole bunch of trees uh that had fallen and lay them up on it and just hang out in our little makeshift fort mm. I very, love it, uh, very huckleberry finn you know yeah i mean clark and i did the same thing with our neighbors we'd go out in the woods behind our house or the woods out uh my grandfather's farm and we would do the same thing it's nothing like building a fort for no other reason than just to build a fort and you could build a fort inside too. It didn't matter if it was rainy and gross. You couldn't go outside. Like building a fort anywhere just to build a fort is one of life's greatest pleasures. And that's a solid first round pick. Yeah, we would even, well, that might be a pick for later. So mm. we'll, we'll hold on. Yeah. All right. My first one, I went a little bit different. I went a little bit of cold weather time. And so it didn't happen often. It's kind of like a college football, up, college football national championship up north doesn't happen real often, but when we get snow in the south, there's a handful of activities that were always fun things that we look forward to. And I thought snow cream, making snow ice cream, was one of the best memories of my childhood. Um, I think that, uh, you know, Mama would get a big old, we had this big white bowl. We'd go out and get whatever snow we could get. We'd scoop it up in the bowl. We would put the vanilla, put the sugar to it, freeze it and make snow ice cream. Not that it was any better than store-bought ice cream, Disagree. but it was still snow cream. I love snow cream. Yeah. It just goes back to what I was saying. Uh, drinks taste better at the beach. Lunch tastes better when you're skipping school and ice cream is better when it's homemade from the snow that's on the ground Yep. or on the vehicle. I mean, if we're being honest yep. and, uh, one of the perks, it all comes back to today so far, me living on the same street as my whole family. Mm-hmm. My grandma's house was right next door to ours, and so that was the meeting place, and that was always where you started. You would go to grandma's house. You'd scoop bucket full of snow off the hood of the car. While she was making the snow cream, you were building snowmen or snowball right. fights. Snowball fight. And once you were full of snow cream, that's when the big activity started. That's when you went and got the old car hood and the four wheeler, you know, and you went out, you explored out away from the front yard into the pasture and really did some damage. Daddy had a 1994 Ford Ranger. It was a five speed. It was maroon. And we would hook up uh, the trash can lid behind it, holding a a ratchet strap off the trailer hitch. And he would sling us all up and down the neighborhood. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's, that's a solid pick. I was thinking more summertime. So you really threw me a curveball there, but I think that's about, about the extent of my memories from the uh from the snow vacations you know stay tuned there could be more all right so my second one i'm going to move forward to a spring summer activity that we enjoyed doing and it was big when i was in high school it got big again when i was a little bit older i had some buddies that did it a lot um but there was nothing like getting your buddies together in the yard especially if they had a bigger yard and you could position it just right and set up a wiffle ball field and so yeah. when you're out of school, you've got the little plastic batch, you got the little balls with holes in it so you can 
cover it up. You can throw some wicked curveballs, slide pieces, drop balls, rising fastballs. Like you can do some wicked stuff with a wiffle ball. And I, we had so much fun, me and my brother, my cousin, Jim, other kids from the neighborhood, other kids from school playing wiffle ball on spring break, summer break, pretending it was the game seven of the world series back when we were in middle school. Uh, give me wiffle ball as a great out of school activity. Okay. I'll give you wiffle ball. You were, you were very specific with that. And so I don't really know if you've taken any of my picks or not. If uh, it comes down to it, I may have to risk it and get you to vote, you know. So, um, 2.02, second pick of the second round. That's false to me. Um, so, I don't know about you. Summer, summertime is the best time. It's the best time when you're an adult. It's the best time when you're a kid. Um, it's the best season because it's the only one that's warm enough and where it lasts. You know, fall is probably the best, but I don't get as much of it. Right. So, give me summer. Give me 80 and above. I'm I'm totally a warm weather nut. I don't like being cold. I'm too short to wear a lot of layers. I start looking like the Michelin man after about <laughs> three layers of clothes. So um, the second thing I thought of, every summer it seemed like at least twice all of my cousins and my mom and my aunt would take all of us to the water park. And so that is my pick going to Point Mallard Water Park um, for uh, for our summer activity. Yeah, it can't beat that, man. We used to go to the water park in Dolly. Uh, when Dollywood started their big water park up in Gatlinburg, my aunt and grandmother lived in Strawberry Plains, not too far from Sevierville, Tennessee, and we hit up the, wa- the water park there outside of Dollywood and just get soaking wet. And when you're a kid, it's cool, but like being an adult now, I can see why my aunts were so yeah. miserable standing out there all day. I was go- <laughs> get it. I was going to bring that up. Is there a more drastic difference in how much fun things are as a kid versus an adult? Than a water, a water park. park. Like nothing, nothing at all sounds appealing about going to a water park as an adult. No, not because at all. as a kid, you know, I could be a chunky kid, you know, and not care and go down the slide. Me as a 30 year old guy who, you know, needs to do better in the gym. I just have no desire to. And then it's also just kind of gross. It is. You think about all those kids peeing in it. And I'm a fairly athletic dude still. I, I work out most days of the week. Uh, you know, that sort of thing. But like, I think those Ooh. slides would, would, I think those slides would tie me in a knot. I'd come out oh, yeah. like, like a pretzel. <laughs> you know, you remember it wasn't humiliating as a kid, but I can't imagine the atomic wedgie that you get and have to pick out at the bottom of that slide doing that as a 31 year old. Like, no man, I'm not going to be the guy that's knuckles deep. Just Drew, trying to fish because... out that netting out of a swimming trunk. <laughs> We're bigger guys, and we create some inertia. And that's like a 15, 20 mile an hour wedgie when you hit the bottom of that slide. You you think that that water, you know, lubes the slide up really well, but let me tell you, there's still friction there. Oh yeah, and, and there's it, nothing like that little squeak and that little peeling of skin back, man. It's like a court burn. Yeah. Um. All right, so uh, I got another pick here at the turn, and this can go for any time of year. Um. Me and Kirk and David were rather harmless as kids. You know, we played sports. We, you know, built forts. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the wild card was my cousin Hunter, and Hunter has been mentioned on the podcast before, and I'm I'm sure he doesn't listen, but it, I'm gonna have to send this to him afterwards, because Hunter was the mad scientist of the bunch. He was the oldest. He was the smartest. He was the one that was had that crazy streak in him. You know, 
Mm-hmm. And when Hunter was around, things got a little weird. Mm-hmm. And what our go-to was was bombs. <laughs> and by bombs, <laughs> I mean the works toilet bowl cleaner and aluminum foil. And if you haven't done it, it's a great science experiment that you can do with your kids one day. But we would just find all of the aluminum foil, all of the plastic, you know, Coke bottles or from any size. And we would just see what all we could blow up. And uh, I'll never forget the one we almost got in trouble for was he got, we got brave and decided to just cram as much aluminum foil into a two liter as we could. Oh boy. And uh, we put one of those massive, like five gallon clay pots, <laughs> flower <laughs> pots over it. Yeah. And it just blew it to smithereens. <laughs> and the next day my grandma was like, what happened to my clay flower pot? We were just kind of like, I don't know. Just found, found it like that. <laughs> just, so blowing stuff up. Yeah. That mm. was uh that was a hit for us. And I imagine it's a hit for any boy from 10 to 18 or 30 Absolutely. years old. Absolutely. Which leads me to my next pick. And we're going to see kind of how this is. Cause like you're talking about, you're blowing stuff up and bombs and stuff. That's cool. And I, this is going to come across bad at first, but I can explain. <laughs> Vandalism. <laughs> Smashing mailboxes. <laughs> Smashing mailboxes. My brother and and uh, and I, my cousin, I got a great story about this. We used to, some of us, me and Dan Garvin and some guys in high school would ride around shooting bottle rockets out of the windows of our trucks at homes, at people, at cows, at different things. Let's you be know, clear we, for one cows. second for our younger listeners. Don't do this. <laughs> This is not a suggestion. No. Do as I say, not as I do. You do know? not follow our I'm example. This you, is a simpler time. We're being very, very frank about this next section. Don't I'm do just, this at home. I'm going to tell you all some stuff. I ain't told a lot of people yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're getting yeah. real in here. You'll, we'll go, you will go to Juvenile Detention Center for yes. doing these things today. And the only reason I didn't is because I didn't get caught. I got lucky. Right. right. Um, but a uh, funny story, a couple funny stories real quick. My brother and I and my cousin Jim were riding around and Clark was holding a bottle rocket out of the passenger window of my old blue Dodge. Youth pastor Clark Whitten. Yes. And <laughs> I'd shown him that you can hold the bottle rocket. It'll shoot off your hand. You can still hold the stick. Like it's no mm-hmm. big deal. Well, he panicked at the last second and we had all four of my windows down and he goes, go. And it gets sucked back in the back window. Oh no. And then goes off in the truck. So, this ear piercing <laughs> and then all of a sudden right above me it just goes pow and this just rain of sparks comes down as we're driving down farmington road in in farmington mississippi at probably 40 miles an hour yeah screaming i'm two hands on the wheel can't see anything the light finally clears and we pull into the, the farmington water department right there and we just stop for a minute and just jim in the back, like just quiet and then jim in the back seat goes I think I want to go home. <laughs> and until yeah. I got rid of that truck, I had singe marks on the roof of my, uh, on the inside ceiling of my truck. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, man. But general vandalism. One night, me and Levi Mitchell tipped over a vending machine only because he couldn't do it with his little skinny butt. And I hopped out there and showed him how it was done. Well, good for harmless. you, Rusty. Harmless yeah. vandalism. We, I didn't, nothing major, but just harmless vandalism we wanted to go knock over mailboxes one night but we didn't have anything to knock them over with so <laughs> our buddy brandon just got out of the car and ripped them out of the ground yep. <laughs> it's like that's probably the best you could do it's easy to fix you know you don't have to buy a new one, mailbox you just got to pick it up 
one night we hit one. Garvin hit one off of uh, not far from the Kasu school. That was that, that thing probably had to be six, eight foot in the ground in concrete because when he hit it, it didn't dent, but his forearms were just shaking <laughs> as he just made this awful sound and he yeah. just went back in the bed of the yeah. truck. <laughs> it's like you took a fastball off the hand, you know? Absolutely. Just completely jarred him. So my third pick is vandalism. Man, we're, we're going to get in so much trouble. Yeah. All right, what you got next, Buck? We haven't been canceled yet. We finna be. <laughs> All right, my fourth pick, the first pick of the fourth round, is something that is near and dear to my heart to this day. Um, matter of fact, Drew, I don't think I've told you this, but I'm leaving next Thursday with some buddies from the gym. We're going to drive to western North Carolina. I'm going to hike 27 and a half miles at the Appalachian Trail. I've done that before. Really? Uh, not 27 and a half miles, but I've done the uh cumberland gap overnight mm-hmm. hike before mm-hmm. let me tell so you we're gonna start not built at, for it <laughs> yeah we'll find out because <laughs> we're gonna start at a place it's called the noc it's like the noxahela outdoor center in mm-hmm. western north carolina near the brevard city and we're gonna hike to the fontana dam and camp along the trail and like our first day we're gonna gain like a thousand feet in eight miles so it's gonna be a lot of fun anyway yeah. part of that is camping and I yeah. used to love camping at Joe Coleman's farm, uh, other farms around Kasuth. We'd pitch a tent by a lake, by the Hatchie River, wherever we ended up, pitch a tent, camp out, cook s'mores, cook hot dogs, um, sneak beverages, play poker till the wee hours in the morning. Camping was one of my favorite spring, summer, and fall activities. Yeah, that you stole that from me because that's absolutely on mine. In the same forts that we would build – Mm-hmm. Uh, we would camp all night some mm-hmm. nights and then we'd go walk up to grandma's house and pillage her, her, uh, soda, you know, just her Mountain Dew. We'd just take all of her Mountain Dew out of her yep. refrigerator at like all hours of the night. And at one time Hunter, you know, the mad scientist of the bunch boiled us some pine needles mm. and told us it was tea. And he's like, this is good, isn't it? We're like, no, it's gross. It's terrible. <laughs> but yeah, you totally stole that one from me. So that one hurts a little bit. One uh one quick story on camping. I know we're going kind of long on this, but it's worth it. Uh, one night we were all camping out playing poker uh, for nickels, dimes, pennies, and quarters. And me and two guys older than me, or the, we didn't go to sleep that night. We about 4:45. We were like, it's hungry. It's breakfast time. So we <laughs> grabbed everybody's change and we drove to McDonald's in Corinth. And we were sitting in the drive-through line when they opened. And I'll never forget, Skylar Cannon was driving his little uh, trailblazer, and the window's open, and the girl goes, can I help you? And he had this gallon Ziploc bag half full of change and set it on the, the <laughs> drop the window and said, I want all the sausage McMuffins I can get for this. And she just looked at it, and she goes, how about 12? And he goes, all right. <laughs> so we got 12 sausage McMuffins. Probably had $3.72, you know. <laughs> but she goes, how about 12? <laughs> Yeah, uh, that one hurts. Uh, camping was one, you know, for two things for me. Like we used to camp just the, just the boys out back, and then my grandma always camped, you oh, know, okay. at Piney Grove, and so I've um, got memories of camping at Piney Grove too. So that's a Listen, good. Pick. If you know about Piney Grove, you know that's the spot. Yeah, yeah that's absolutely the spot. Um, let's see. Uh, all right, summertime, summertime fun. My mom, um, I don't think your mom was a stay-at-home mom. My mom was a stay-at-home mom, uh, at least part of the year. She, She's a CPA, and she worked for herself and did income tax and stuff, so tax season was hard. 
but during summertime, she was pretty much just mom. She was at home, and uh, it's one of the greatest privileges that we had as kids. Sure. Um, mostly because in the summertime, we got to go do those summertime movies matinees at mm. the Malco. You remember those? Yeah. They would show yeah. like re like older movies like Free Willy and stuff like that. Yeah. But you would get in for like three dollars for a kid, you know, and you could just watch. They'd have a movie of the day, and so you would just go up there all the time and watch matinee movies at Malco. Yeah. Um. I'll never forget one time my mom thought, you know, the they would show all movies, but then just one screen had the matinee for kids or whatever. And so we thought we were going to see Free Willy. And I'll never forget this. We get in there and Kangaroo Jack starts playing. It was like opening weekend for Kangaroo Jack. (laughs) And we made it 30 minutes into the movie and and we tripped trying to tell, we kept telling mom, no, I think this is Free Willy. Just give it a few more minutes. (laughs) And then 40 minutes into it, she's like, we have stolen money from the movie theater. And we were like, we're already here now, Mom. We missed Free Willy. <laughs> you know, my mom's a saint. She was like, no, we can't do this. I was, we we're like, no, we're already here. <laughs> we're watching the Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> yeah, Vicky Gann is a saint, so I don't see that going over well at all. <laughs> and she wanted to pay back the movie theater, and they were just kind of, you know, those 18-year-olds working the movie theater were just kind of like, just go home, please. Just, <laughs> you know? They're like, okay. Yeah. Um, and I've got one more pick. Um. And you took wiffle balls. That kind of diminishes. I wanted to pick. Uh, I had on mine pickup games, you know, because we played a lot of football, mm-hmm. mostly football and basketball. But I'll let you have have that. I don't. I don't want it if I can't take wiffle ball too, because we did that. Um, let me see here. Um, I will go with. So one Christmas, me and my cousins, this, we're talking about summertime as kids. It, I'm sorry if I've talked about my cousins too much, but we were inseparable. So it's just is what it is. But one Christmas, me and Kirk and David and Hunter, all four of us got matching go-karts. Ooh. And so that's what we did. Summer, fall, winter, it didn't matter. If we were out of school, we were riding go-karts. And then as we got older, it turned into four-wheelers. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm just going to leave it riding atvs we motorsports yeah we we rode we rode in every mud hole that you could find and surprisingly those go-karts held up really well those little godfrey they had a weed eater motor on the back this ain't no souped up you know can am nothing this is an old go-kart funny story when we got that that christmas uh it's sitting in the front yard santa claus brought and he dropped it in the front yard because he can't get it inside A big bow on it. So dad's like, you want to ride it? I was like, yeah, let's ride it. And um, I'm a shorter kid. Um, he put some blocks on the pedals for me. Uh, it really wasn't for me. It was for my sister because uh, she was extremely short and still is. Uh, and so everybody made fun of me because there were like blocks on the pedals. But I was like, it's for my sister. you know. <laughs> but it did make it a little bit more comfortable for me, if I'm being honest. Anyways, beside the, fa- beside the point, it was freezing cold that Christmas. Mm-hmm. And... When he told me, he said, get in the driver's seat, put your feet on the brake. I'm going to crank it up. Okay. Foot on the brake. He pulls the rip cord, and it starts jumping, you know, to, you know, just easing up, you know, like the throttle's down, but I yeah. got the brake on. And he's mad at me. He turns it off, and he says, put your foot on the brake. I said, oh, Dad, my foot is on the brake. Put my foot on the brake even harder. He cranks it up, starts jumping again. He turns it off, and at that point, he's mad. He's like, you're not doing it right, you know, just – let me do it. Like, okay. 
So his version of doing it is having nobody in the seat, him cranking it and running and jumping in. What he didn't realize is the throttle was frozen down. It was just kind of frozen in the downward position. (laughs) He cranked that sucker up and off she went. And he tried to hustle. He was running beside it. He tried to dive in and he fell and rolled over his arm. And that thing took up and ran right up the barbed wire fence in my front yard. Tore all the little, I always call them pool noodles. You know, the little foam rings that go up, you know, if you want to smack your head on it, at least it's padded. No more. (laughs) Not mine. It was gone. And he was like, Son, I'm sorry. I think the throttle was frozen. I was like, yeah, no, me too. <laughs> me too. You know, and you ruined my go-kart. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one, man. That, the motorsports is good because Clark and I are the same way on the Honda Big Red three-wheeler, four-wheelers. I don't think you had a dad if you didn't don't have a good dad go-kart story because it would have been Christmas probably 94, maybe 95. Uh, we lived out in Farmington next to the Roaches, Bobby Roach and then uh, yeah, Bobby and Amy Roach-Smith. She teaches mm-hmm. at, at, at Central now. <clears throat> anyway, we lived next door to them and had this massive yard that we could ride our go-kart in. Well, Christmas morning, I'm laying in bed, and Mom comes wakes me up, and she's like, Rusty, please come outside before your father kills himself. And I'm like, <laughs> what? So I get dressed, and I'm like bleary-eyed, still trying to like blink into reality. And I walk outside. I'm like, Mom, like, like Dad is nowhere to be found. I'm like, what's going on? All of a sudden, my grown father comes power sliding around the house <laughs> in our gravel driveway in this go-kart. And I'm just like, I look up at Mom, and I was like, is that mine? Sure. Like, <laughs> is that ours? And she goes, it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. Did your dad give you the talk? Back in my day, they didn't have hoods on them. Absolutely. <laughs> we didn't have a roll cage on our Absolutely. We just knock out some teeth, spin them out, and keep going. <laughs> yeah. my, my dad got so mad at us for slinging dra- gravel in the yard. Mm-hmm. I mean, countless times. I, it, yeah. it ultimately led to him asphalting our driveway because we just wouldn't stop (laughs) we've got go-karts what do you think we're going to do it's loose gravel listen it caused john shoemaker to hit one of our carport carport posts dead center and just dent the front of that go-kart in because we got loose in the gravel one day like the third turn at daytona but anyway all right wrap this draft up with your last pick so you've got water parks Uh and i'm gonna let you have that but I'm going to take like lake activities, I guess, or water. Oh, I thought you were water. going somewhere else. So, no, no, I mean, we went to Six Flags and amusement parks, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that was great. I but I great. loved going to Pickwick with the boys yeah. and get on a boat. And there was a that old seatbelt that hung off near Goat Island that you could swing out yeah. of the water with. And Jesse Curtis about ripped his arm off on. And I really um, should have picked that. My dad had a ski boat. It just didn't yeah. even pop in my head. I know? mean, you and I rode jet skis at Pickwick one time, yeah. a little bit older in life. Um, Rented a pontoon. Rented a pontoon, had a blast, you know, fishing. One of my favorite memories in the third grade, I'd been to school every day. And then like late in the school year, almost time for the school to be over, my I got checked out at like 8.05. And I'm like, I just got here. So I go <laughs> up to the, to the office and it's my dad. And he had taken off work that day. And he and I went fishing at the Biggersville Watershed all day. Yeah. Didn't catch anything but a sunburn, but it's one of my fondest childhood memories of eating bologna sandwiches, drinking Gatorade, and fishing with my dad when he checked me out of school. That's awesome. So just like water activities like that, man, just being outside, whether it's skiing, fishing, swimming, just like, you know, lake, shoot the, shoot the, yeah, yeah, just shoot the tube at the Biggersville Watershed, like any kind of like like lake activity was a great summertime thing. All right. Um 
run down your list and tell the listeners what you've got. So I've got Snow Cream, which is great. Wiffle Ball, which is pleasant. Vandalism. Which is discouraged. Yeah, (laughs) discouraged. Camping. And then lake activities, I guess. Okay. And I got building forts in the woods. Mm -hmm. Going to the water park. Blowing stuff up. Again, not recommended. Yeah. Uh, Going to the matinee movies. And riding go-karts. Nice. And, uh, I mean, I'm telling you, you put those 10 together, and that's a heck of a summer. Let me tell you. Listen, man, this is going to be a tough, tough poll. I'm excited to see what our listeners will think about this because it's going to this is this is close. And, Rusty, we have some exciting news. So, as you know, if you have been following our social media, it is March Madness time, and you can compete against us in a our March Madness ESPN Tournament Challenge bracket. Dun, dun, dun. And uh, currently, so far, we have 21 brackets in here, which is way surpassed what we thought we would get. So thank Absolutely. you if you've signed up. Uh, the winner, you can only have one. There can only be one Highlander. And the winner will get a custom-made Two Bucks Sports Pod t-shirt. Um, a first edition. Yeah, and it's custom because we have not designed one yet. You know, we've talked about t-shirts in the past and – I think we kind of waited, you know, been waiting for the right time to do that. So you will have a one of one, probably one of three, because I'm going to get me one. <laughs> yeah. <thanks. laughs> uh, as I, me and Rusty own that right as the yeah. uh, the founders of this podcast. Um, so you, one can of, some, you can take homage <laughs> in the fact that you're one of the only three people in the world wearing this T-shirt. Yeah, a one of three Two Bucks Sports Pod T-shirt. So that's going to be fun. And I can't wait to uh, get those in and send it to the winner. Um the only exclusion is if me or Rusty wins, the other one's not getting a T-shirt because then, <laughs> then, then then it's like we both won, and there's got to be some punishment, okay? You know, we've only got one champion here in the group. If, as I look over my left shoulder at the uh, Fantasy Football Championship trophy, for those of you watching on YouTube, you can see it. Listen at home. Just know there's a trophy there that's got my name forever etched on it. I'm a champion wow. as well. <laughs> I can get one of those too. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, so join in on that. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do a special edition pod. It's another big yes. piece of news we wanted to get to. Uh, stay tuned. Friday morning, we're going to drop our, uh, how do we call it? A mascot battle royale. Bracket. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, so, I'm excited about that. Uh, it's something I do every year, and I know I'm not original in this, and I'm not the first one to do it. There's plenty of people that do it. But me and Rusty are going to record a podcast in which we fight each other over which mascot would win in a fight against the mascot in their bracket. Mm. And at the end, we will have decided who will win the mascot challenge. Absolutely. Who who the ultimate warrior in the mascot world will be. So be on the lookout for that on Friday. Big shout out to uh, RIP Coach Mike Leach. For his epic speech about the uh, Pac-12 mascots in that battle. We're going to get in that kind of vein, and I'm excited to see where this will go, Drew. I think it'll be so, a good one. Yeah, so be on the lookout Friday for a special edition episode. Yep. We're going to record it sometime soon. And um, in the meantime, go fill out your bracket. I believe first-round games, they start tomorrow or Friday? Thursday, I think. Thursday. Right? So it, if you're listening to this, it's yeah. almost too late. Get in yes. there and make your bracket. Yeah, because it's Thursday, Saturday, Friday, Sunday are the games. Okay. For the first two rounds. So they'll all tip off Friday, Thursday afternoon. Make sure you get them in before then. Some of the first round games, the playing games have already happened. We'll get to that a bit later. Uh, make sure you get those brackets in ASAP. 
All right. Well, Rusty, take us to our next topic. So we're going to go, we'll get to college basketball in a minute, but first we need to talk about our Grizzlies. You know, Drew, sometimes they say, if you didn't have bad luck, you wouldn't have any luck at all. And since our last episode of the Two Buck Sports podcast, the Grizzlies have been snake bit. Yeah. Somebody's crossed paths with a black cat. They stepped on a grave, walked under a ladder, something, because our boys on Beale Street have been struggling. Well, and it's not really that they're struggling on the court. That's a separate issue. Okay, because right. since our last seat. recording, lots of bad have happened, but we're currently on a three-game winning streak, and uh, we're in a dogfight with Miami on the road right now. And yeah, so, and that's a good Miami team. Yeah, and so it started with more bad news about Ja. You know, um, he missed the f- initial two games on the road trip. It then was extended by four more, and then, you know, he checked himself into, I don't want to call it a rehab center because that's not what they called it, but it's almost like a treatment um, facility, uh, therapy facility, you know, where mm-hmm. you can seek counseling, a counseling facility, I think is what it was actually called. Yeah. In the like report. an intensive therapy retreat, more yeah, or less. Yeah, like in, inpatient counseling. And mm-hmm. so, um, good for him, first off. Mm-hmm. Um, I've said last week on this, what's up most important to Grizzlies fans and fans of Ja Morant is that Ja Morant comes out the other side on this a better person. We yep. all root for him. Yep. Nobody, you know, except for some sick people on Twitter, that those yep. aren't even real people, so I don't even address yep. them. Uh, nobody is rooting for the demise of John Morant. He is an NBA superstar. He is the he is the voice of the new generation, the younger fan. You know he's what? Every he, kid's favorite player right now. He's the he Steph, will, he's the new Steph Curry. Right. That's what I was gonna say. He will be the next Steph Curry, the guy that is the younger generation's favorite player. Yep. And so nobody's rooting for him, his demise. And so I think it's a very good thing for him to get help. It helps the long term tangentially you know like i said it helps him as a person he'll come out this a better person uh, but the grizzlies also are affected by this and the grizzlies will never be what the grizzlies need to be without a mentally clear john Morant and a fully healthy john Morant. you know like i said yeah. the great philosopher marshawn lynch said protect protect your mentals and protect your chicken that's so it he's, he's getting his mentals right right now um and uh I'm really encouraged, and be honest with you, if they told me, and I genuinely mean this, they told me he was going to miss the next month, come back for the playoffs, or even not, that if they came out and said he's going to miss the remainder of the 23 season because he needs to get right, well, then, buddy, just do what you do. And I'm, I truly mean that. You know? Yeah, I agree. I, you know, everybody's rooting for Jai. Everybody loves a good comeback story. And it's hard, Drew, because he's 23 years old. And so, like, when I was 23, I was doing stupid stuff too, and so it's right. not not. Can you imagine excusing. what you'd be doing with 200 million dollars as a 23 year old. I mean, yeah, and so like I'm not excusing what he did, but at the same time, he's taking his lumps early in his career, and I'm hopeful that because he did, he came out today and said, "I recognize what I have to lose." He sees kind of where he's at. I'm hoping that what that'll lead to is a brighter future for him. He now has a platform and a message to kids like, hey, I was there. I screwed up. I messed up. And here's what happened after it. And so Grizzlies basketball aside, I'm rooting for Jaws as a person. I think he's a good dude. He's got a daughter. He's got a family he's providing for. Rooting for the kid, and I think he's doing it the right way for sure. Yeah, and uh, John Moran aside, 
Uh, Steven Adams is out for the remainder of the regular season. He got a stem cell, stem cell injection in his right knee. Uh, that one just hurts. We've talked yeah. about the lack of rebounding uh, for the Grizzlies. Uh, I actually crunched the numbers for last week's pod, uh, so it's out of date now, and we didn't get to it last week. Uh, but Anthony Davis had 22 rebounds against the Grizzlies uh, last Monday or Tuesday whenever they played the the Lakers. Um, it's just not good. And unlike, you know, much like the Grizzlies' outlook without John Morant, it looks even more bleak without Stephen Adams. Yeah. And the depth took a another shot last week when Brandon Clark tore his Achilles and that's not something that's easily recovered from uh I'm scared yeah and he's not your traditional lug you know he's a leaper that's what scares me Mm -hmm. is that that is a very crucial muscle or tendon uh correct me physical therapist what it is Achilles tendon that's right I know that I don't need your help um <laughs> uh, that's crucial for your leaping ability and he is an undersized center that it's valuable because of he can finish lobs and he's yeah. at super athletic and you know acls kind of have the same you know you know you need the same ramp up to it it may be an eight month injury for an acl but you really need two years to get back to yourself and i don't really know what that looks like with an achilles when the minimum time you're off is a year so we're not. You can't even expect yeah. Brandon Clark to touch a basketball court till this time next year. Especially a big guy whose game is 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 based on leaping, jumping, rebounding, dunking. He's a lob guy, like you said. He's going to lose some spring, and it's going to be a year to eighteen months before he's back and really playing competitive basketball. Especially tough seeing him was coming into a contract year. You know, there was some. We're trying well, to figure he out actually, what we're going to do. He got his contract. Oh, that's right. That's is, right. He was that, one we which signed. Is, that's right. You know, a lot of NBA franchises in larger markets who don't care about players would be really bummed that we've committed to him. But here in Memphis, where we love our own, I'm stoked that Brandon Clark got his contract. He is taken care of financially for the next three to four years, Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm thrilled about that. And, you know, it's going to hurt for depth, but, you know, um, Brandon Clark is important. And he's important for the trajectory. And he was a steal when you got him. He was a bargain when you got him. And he's going to remain a bargain on this contract once he gets back healthy. Yep. And I know we're getting consistent downloads in Memphis. So the only people that it makes sense for it to be are Ja, Steve-O, and, uh, and Brandon. So if y'all are listening to this podcast, we're rooting for y'all. Y'all are going to do great. Bounce back better than ever. Yeah. And if you want to come on the pod, you know, just let me know. Just let us know. We, I think we can fit you in. My DMs are open. <laughs> <laughs> but, Drew, yeah, Grizz, bad luck. But, yeah, we're in the midst of a three-game winning streak, scrapping with Miami. I, I like the trajectory of the Grizz. We're still the second seed. We got the second seed back uh, the other night because the Kings lost when we beat the Mavs, so we're back in second place. So big props yeah. to the other guys, the filling really? guys that are playing. Tyus, Xavier Tillman's playing great basketball. Oh, he's been and I great. will I will own up on this podcast. David Roddy is is growing up in front of our eyes. And I was harsh on him early, but these this last week, he has said, you know what? We're not losing these friggin' games and playing good basketball. That first game against Dallas literally oh single handedly won yes. that game for us. The whole team was points. checked out. Yeah. yeah. Twenty seven points and he had what, nineteen in the fourth quarter? I mean, I mean just steals, took over. Steals threes everything and then uh, we played dallas again at dallas and he went off for 19 including like eight or nine in the fourth and just played solid defense complimenting dylan's defense really well david roddy has really grown up over the last month of of, of playing yeah and props to you uh you kind of called that 
Dallas thing. And I know that neither Luca nor Kyrie played in either of those yep. games, but that team, if you they are nothing worse. without your star player, then yeah. it makes me not believe in what you could be with them. Does that absolutely. make sense? Yeah, absolutely. They got worse by trading off some of their better defenders who could hang with Ja, who are bigger than Ja, but could hang with him, hang with Tyus, but, but being bigger. They are not better than they were two months ago, and Dallas does not bother me one bit. Uh, quick David Roddy update. In eight minutes, he's got eight points on two of four from the field and two of two from three. So, I think I, I think I owe him a jersey. I think yeah. I do for as much crap as I gave him earlier in the year. My, I started. Haley probably wasn't isn't going to listen to this. I don't know. She's got a long drive home in a couple of days. She may. I googled David Roddy jersey mm-hmm. because she loves him. Yeah. She was sitting in the living room or in our den here that you see around me, um, the room that looks like a smoker's lounge. Just the only reason why I bought this house. Sure. Um, the uh, she was sitting here watching that game, going Roddy, 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 Roddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah. So we love David Roddy. This is a David Roddy, Stephen Adams, Xavier Tillman podcast. If you haven't Absolutely. realized, I mean, um, and like, and it's hard. If you had to guess, and you probably know the answer, but how old does Xavier Tillman look based on like his looks? If you looked at him, you would say he's how old? If I saw him cutting hair in a barber shop, I think he was mid forties. Yeah, a man is 24 years old. Yeah, yeah, 24 years old. Right, and Stephen if, Adams is only Stephen Adams is my age. He's 30. You know? Yeah, and that's the thing. So if you don't, if you haven't seen these cats, I know y'all seen Stephen Adams. Some of y'all are more casual listeners. Look up Xavier Tillman and tell me that man doesn't look like he owns a barber shop at 42 or 44 years old. That's exactly what he looks like. Right. All right. All right. Um, that's our so, Grizzlies talks for today. Um. Do we want to do a little bit of college basketball before switching to baseball or what, think, how do you want to lay it out? I think let's do one little, like, I, I think we'd be remiss not to talk about the frenzy that was the NFL free agency this week. Okay. Been a lot of big moves. I don't want to dwell on it too much because this is a college baseball podcast after all. Um, so stick around to the end. There's some great college basketball co- or college baseball content coming to you. Um, but big moves already, you know, apparently Aaron Rodgers. for, for those of you keeping up at home, I'll start there is going from Green Bay to the New York Football Jets. Yeah, that's um, where you have to start. And yeah. what's interesting about that is that he has declared his intentions, but he's under contract. Yeah. So Green Bay and New York have to figure out the terms of this deal before it can actually happen. But so wouldn't can it be Green the Bay liked? be like hardball it, you know? And they've and, essentially, like, it could be this thing where Aaron Rodgers says, Green Bay, you didn't get many weapons, so I traded all these – these bootleg players you had me playing with, give me some stars, right? Because right. essentially, because they've signed Randall Cobb, they've signed Alan Lazard, they've signed Mercedes Lewis, all from have the they Packers. signed them yet though? Well, they've yes, I mean they've they've declared them. Randall Cobb might still be in the works, but they have traded for Mercedes Lewis. They signed Alan Lazard, which I did see that on, all on Aaron Rodgers' list. But that would be like the along with Odell Beckham Jr. Right, who they're working with. Sauce Gardner put that out on Twitter. But wouldn't that be the most like ultimate alpha move? Be like, all right, y'all got all those folks. All right, Green Bay, I'm staying. Give me some players. Yeah, I mean, when you get to Aaron Rodgers' stage in his career and the uh, the amount of respect that he's gotten and earned, you know, multiple MVP, Super Bowl MVP, you can kind of play big boy on campus. You know, you can play GM. You can. And uh, I mean, you've seen you've seen it happen everywhere. You've seen it happen in the NBA all the time where LeBron uh, picks his team. LeBron, LeBron wants Chris Bosh, you know. Okay, well, they're going to get Chris Bosh. Yep. KD wants James Harden. They're going to get James Harden. You know, that happens all the time. Yep. And it's 
it's harder to do in the NFL because it's a 53-man roster. Mm-hmm. However, you know, and honestly, it made the NF- NBA players more unlikable. And honestly, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is worried about becoming more unlikable, but it kind of does to me. Uh, I'll probably root against the Jets now. Uh, but it's his his stature has allowed him to do that. So, yeah. I mean, do it if you can, you know. Yeah, and it's just funny to me, though, because he's on record saying that Green Bay hasn't got me any weapons or talent, and then he's taking all the talent with him to New York. He wants the same talent. Yeah. He wants the same tight end he's had for a decade in Mercedes Lewis and mm-hmm. his old buddy Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard. So yeah, I'm over here even... hoping, like, you know, you've got – um, uh, what's his name? The rookie from Ohio's – or, yeah, from Ohio State, right? Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson, you've got him. He was incredible. Last year's, the year before his rookie is Elijah Moore, who had a great rookie year, but he could never get on the same page with with bro, you know. And the thing That's, is, like, Alan Lazard wasn't even the best receiver in Green Bay. That was that Christian Watson who came on late, that rookie. He had a phenomenal right. second half of the season. But, that yeah, like. trade him, though. No. So I'm excited to see. Like, it would be cool. Like, I, I can't stand Aaron Rodgers. I am a Chicago Bears fan in the NFC. And you're I, glad I, he's I, gone, though. Yeah, I'm glad he's gone, and the Bears are absolutely cleaning house in, in uh, free agency. But I will absolutely root against him. But I do love Sauce Gardner. I do love Garrett Wilson, great football player. So um, I will absolutely root against Aaron Rodgers, though. But, yeah, the Bears are making phenomenal moves. They absolutely fleeced the Carolina Panthers, just completely stripped the cupboard to get the number one pick from Carolina. And D.J. Moore, who is, like, a really, really good receiver. I think we're finally going to see how good he can be with a consistently good quarterback like Justin Fields. Cause I mean, you think about it, he's played with Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, all these subpar quarterbacks. And he's finally getting with a guy who showed promise. I think DJ Moore is a great, great guy to watch for fantasy football next year. And will be a solid receiver in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, it's what more teams should do. Go get the known quantity and the good player and not the unknown of the draft pick. You know? Right. Uh, the, so yeah, I Ryan thought Poles that was a good trade. Like a master class. Yeah, I thought that was a great trade. Um, my favorite signing so far is Jamal Williams to the Saints. Oh, he you signed? Know? Yeah. And so, oh, wow. Uh, let, me just, uh, pl- let me just play you my favorite clip from Jamal Williams last year. Mm-hmm. I got to say, man, don't let these tears fool you. It's all dog around this motherfucker. It's all dog run. You know, and he said that. It was the best post-game interview I've ever seen live. He said that after winning against Green Bay, not to get into the playoffs, but to knock them out of the playoffs. Right. (laughs) You know, don't let these fools, these tears fool you. We all dogs in this mug. And then he's got the the anime intro, hidden leader of the village of the den. (laughs) He's so good. He's Uh, so funny. And so, yeah, Jamal Williams is going to back up. Uh, Alvin Kamara, if you kept up with fantasy any, this year, don't draft Alvin Kamara. One, he may miss some games because he mugged a guy in a in a in an elevator in an elevator uh, no, in a casino store. or sports book right. or something. Yeah, uh, Alvin Kamara may miss some games, but also Jamal Williams vultured every single one yard line touchdown yeah. from DeAndre Swift this year. He led the whole NFL in touchdowns, and they were all from the one-yard line. One-yard line, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that'll be fun to watch. Uh, and meanwhile, my Titans have done nothing. We signed yeah. Arden Key today, which I like that pickup. He's got potential. He's super athletic. He wreaked havoc at LSU. 
But you, that's just it. He's but still he's a, living off that LSU hype. Like he hasn't a, done anything. I mean, if anything, he's been in trouble, right? Yeah, he's a niche player who's a great pass rusher, and that's it. And the, the, the saddest the one. have cut more good players than they've signed. David, Zach and I were talking yesterday, yesterday, day before, about David Long getting signed by the Dolphins. They, they got, that was Monday. They got a player. That guy, when he is healthy, is one of the top inside linebackers, particularly in coverage in the league. The Miami got him on a very, very franchise-friendly deal. The Dolphins got a lot better, a lot better on defense, especially with well, some yeah, of their Yeah, they signing. got Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he fits in Miami, L.A., yeah. Miami. It both works. I mean, he's just a – He's just a hot head. He's gonna fit. But and he's speaking, good. But speaking of new teams, Uncle Buck, you still feeling icky over there? Are you excited about your Ole Miss Rebels new college basketball coach? For those of you keeping up at home, Ole Miss did sign the recently uh cleared, we'll say, Chris Beard. Three months charged. Uncharged. <laughs> Three months after he was arrested for domestic violence, and then his fiance dropped all charges, said that it was overblown. The police Recanted. reports are out there. Yeah. You can look at them on Twitter. They're not pretty whatsoever. But the guy's results on the courts, the court is like it's. I mean, he's one of the top five coaches in college basketball. Drew, you still feeling icky, or how you feeling over there? Well, I mean, yeah, it's not the scenario in which you want to hire a basketball coach first. Okay, um, it's icky and it's icky on Twitter. The headlines suck, you know, however, they did a lot of due diligence. And this has come out in reports lately um, that a lot of people around Texas thought Texas jumped the gun that they could have gotten by with suspending him and they probably shouldn't have fired him because what they're not saying everything. And I'm not, this is not defending. This is strictly just repeating things that I've heard reported. Um, They jumped the gun a little bit. They didn't, if they had a little bit more leeway was the quote used that they probably wouldn't have had to fire him. Because what happened when you dug into things is that the story wasn't as, as bad as it sounds. And why is this based on the police reports or is this based on just what people are saying? So this is what the reporting was. Now I can't, I didn't report it. I didn't do the digging. You know, this is not a podcast of reporters. This is a podcast of report readers. Okay. Uh, So let me be clear. But what was reported was, was vague. And there, I think they're intentionally being vague, but that it wasn't all accurate. And that's all that was said. So I can't, I can try to connect dots that I don't know. I can say, well, she lied. Well, I don't know if that's the case or this happened that, you know, maybe she was in a fight with someone else and he took the route or fabricated or whatever dot you line you want to use to connect these dots. I don't know. But what was reported was that it was not completely accurate. And so Take that and what it's worth. Believe it. Don't believe it. I don't know. I don't know the truth either. Um, however, when you go to hire these people, you went down. They went down there. They sat down with him. They sat down with law enforcement. And they sat down with people around it, and they felt comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Do it. Does it still feel icky? Yes, because I hate seeing these headlines. I hate 
you know, I had the beef last week saying, oh, of course, Ole Miss hires the woman beater. Like, college sports is like the bastion of hope in the world. Like, no. Rick Bettino still is hired. Bruce Pearl. Anybody. Go down, the, go down the list. I mean, let's not pretend this is an Ole Miss problem or a, you know, this is a, it's a problem. But it's it's not exclusive to Ole Miss, and so, anyways, that's beside the point. Do I feel icky about it? Yes. Do I still believe it was the right hire? Yes. I believe you have to make the hire. You have to take the beating. But if the shoe that could drop from this, if he does it again, they know Keith Carter, the athletic director at Ole Miss, former Ole Miss basketball player, he loves this program, this particular basketball program, more than anybody in the world. He knows that if he hires this man and something else comes out that's worse or it happens again, he's gone, Beard's gone, um, the president of the university who signed off on it is gone. There's a lot of heads on the line. Mm -hmm. And so this is not a decision that I believe you can make strictly on basketball. It can't be a strictly basketball decision. And people keep saying, well, you know, they just – winning is all that matters. Well – you got to think your own skin in the game, the people that are hiring him, you know, they've got just as much skin in the game because if he gets fired for misconduct, everybody's getting fired. So it's yeah. it's not just as black and white as do what it takes to win games. So I'm a little biased. I own that. And I'm trying to look at this unbiasedly as I can from an X's and O standpoint, recruiting standpoint, Ole Miss made a phenomenal hire. The guy was a winner at Texas. He took Texas tech to a, uh, NCAA final four, which is to a championship I mean, game to a championship game. That's in right. overtime, which yeah. is not something they do. I mean, that's tech is not historically a great basketball program. So X's nose is great. I think the timing is a little weird just because like the sec is under a ton of scrutiny, given the Brandon Miller situation, Hugh freeze at Auburn. There's a lot of things. That old Mrs. Fault. Hang on. You know, let, me, let me finish. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me finish. I'll, I'll step back. So like, the SEC as a whole is under a microscope right now for looking the other way in order to win games. Not Ole Miss's fault, but it's just a series of things. First Hugh Freeze at Auburn, then Brandon Miller at Alabama, now Chris Beard at Ole Miss. Not necessarily Ole Miss's fault. They went and hired a winner. Auburn hired a winner. Brandon Miller is a winner at Alabama, so they're keeping these guys playing. Ole Miss is just following suit with the rest of the SEC. But I will say this. The timing was brilliant. Because what's going to happen is they've made this hire. It's news for today. And then what happens tomorrow? The NCAA tournament starts, and it's going to get swept away with the fun, energy, chaos that is March Madness. And in a month, Drew, it's going to be completely gone, and he's just going to be the Ole Miss basketball coach. Unless something else happens. But my, my final point, it is a little bit icky. Because the the police report is pretty damning. It's not pretty with the bite marks, with the claw marks on her throat. Like the physical evidence was was there, and then she came out and said it was self defense, fell on her sword, whatever. Um, again, I think the timing was great. All this is released now. In two weeks, it's going to be gone because of how great the basketball is going to be. So shout out to Ole Miss's hiring PR firm, whatever, because the timing was great. Well, um, again. I'm a, I'm an Ole Miss fan. I went on record saying that hiring Chris Beard would be the best thing when it comes to uh, the best coach you could hire for basketball purposes. You know, I don't think anybody, 
I don't think anybody can say differently. There was not a better coach you could go out there and hire if all you're thinking about is basketball. Yeah. Okay. Um, as you know, this there's a reason why that he lost his job at Texas, his dream job. He's from Texas. He went to Texas. He lost at Texas. He lost his job at Texas. And I believe that there are many cases, you know, there are cases where dirtbags have stayed employed. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at Petrino, I mean, uh, Petrino or Patino or Freeze or whatever. Chris Beard, if you want to, you know, just put Chris Beard in that. That's fair. That's fair. You know, uh, but there are just as many, if not more, cases in which folks who go through stuff like this lose their job forever. Mm-hmm. You know. And that's where I kind of put the benefit of the doubt in the process. And I'm not there. And maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I would say the same thing about Mississippi State because these are multi-million dollar organizations that are making hiring a face of their organization. You know, Keith Card will never be the face of Ole Miss, but he's going to hire Chris Beard, who is. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to just put a pumpkin up there. You know, so. <laughs> um, I tend to put a little faith in it, but, you know, I'll concede that that may be a little blind, but I don't think I'm being regarding the timing. It was also the first day of, uh, NFL signing period. Yeah. Um, I thought, I I thought they were going to do it Friday, Mm. but, um, I was listening to, uh, a podcast, uh, Neil McCready of, of, uh, rebel Grove, uh, who covers Ole Miss, he said that they weren't going to do it Friday because this is good news. Ole Miss just hired a top five coach. It's good for the program. In his opinion, it was the best hire. It should have been made immediately, a no-brainer. Um, and he is not somebody who has ever been apologetic to Ole Miss. Yeah, you have to listen to him to understand. I've listened to him for a long time. Um, he's not a sunshine pumper when it comes to Ole Miss. He's just not. And he thought it made a lot of sense. And um, – so th- he says that's the reason why they didn't do a Friday news dump. That makes you look guilty, like you're trying to hide it. Sunday, uh, the Ole Miss women's basketball team was in the got selected to go to the NCAA tournament, which is a big deal for them. They were an, they're going to be an eight seed in the tournament, and they were not going to take away from Coach Yo at Ole Miss that day. Um, so they did it Tuesday, and they they had a long press conference and he was asked tough questions and you're silly you're you're lying to yourself anybody listening not just rusty he's the one i'm talking to right now but i'm talking to everybody coaches are salesmen so i would be lying to you if i did not told you that i watched that whole press conference and all of his answers and didn't believe every word he said now he he talked about it being a mistake and how he hopes it doesn't define him and that he's ready to move past it. And he knows that he'll have to answer questions for it forever. And he's willing to do that. He stands with his side of the story. He's not saying I was totally to blame. He's saying I, I'm a little misunderstood, but I was wrong, you know, to a certain degree. And that he's going to, his goal is to win the national championship at Ole Miss. And his goal is to get players to win the national championship at Ole Miss. And you're lying if you think, if you can watch a coach on his introductory press conference and not get fired up then he's not a good coach because coaches are nothing else if they're not salesmen these guys you are recruiters the good coaches are elite recruiters and you could tell by him standing on that stage yesterday that he was going 
if that's the pitch he's going to give to moms, then we're going to get players here. It's I'll never say, been done at Ole Miss before, but if anybody can do it, it's got to be him. I mean, I did get some Joe Moorhead, what's your ring size vibes from the pod, from the uh, press conference, but I, I concede he handled yeah, it very Joe well. Joe Moorhead had never done anything in his whole life. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, It was handled well, but. And, uh, and we'll one see. more point I've got uh, that you made that you brought up about it going away. You think it was a brilliant job about it going away. I don't think it's going away. I think if Chris Beard wins in the sense that he says he's going to win, if he turns Ole Miss into a Sweet 16 team next year and then a Final Four team the next year, I mean, that's what he did at, that's what he did at Texas Tech. I think it's foolish to set that as your goal, but let's just pretend that he elevates this team as high as he's done at every other school he's been at before. You don't think that's going to be talked about at the Final Four? His, it, you know, he is still the guy that beat his fiance. You know? it, it will, but I think by doing it now, right for March Madness, it'll 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 so, it'll soften the edge. Initially, initially, yeah. I'm talking about down the road. I think it will still be talked about. It'll be a black cloud forever, but it's going to soften yeah. the blow. And it, yeah, absolutely. And, and initially, there was enough news going on today mm-hmm. or yesterday that it didn't dominate the news cycle. It wasn't talked about at all. And honestly, does that say something to you about what the media thinks about it? If Maybe. the media is not going to talk about it, are they not outraged about it? Yeah. I mean, they're outraged about John Morant, you know. Brandon Miller. And, yeah, yeah, Brandon Miller. But they're not – nobody's talking about it. Nobody's yeah. seen you've – you've had your hit pieces, but honestly, I expected a lot worse. Yeah. But real quick, we're going to talk about the premier basketball program in the state of Mississippi right now. That's your Mississippi State Bulldogs who made it into – did who, not make the tournament, but made the play-in game. <laughs> Chris Jans did a like a, a just a phenomenal job his first year. Won 21 games. Drew, there was a game this year against Auburn where we went 0 for 20 from the free throw line and 0 for 18 from three, and we made a play-in game. Like I mean, it's not the tournament, but after that Auburn game, you and I did a podcast that night, and we were just like, oh, "This is bad basketball." Oh, and, and don't be wrong. It was not fun to watch last night. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. And but it, it was the it was the summation of Mississippi State sports, and you can appreciate this as an Ole Miss fan, where like we start off hot, you fizzle out, and then you get just enough hope at the end where you think it's going to work out, and then they dash it at the last second, and we had a good look at a three that just didn't fall for us last night. Uh, credit Pitt Panthers, they put a master cr- class on flopping and drawing charges and getting the officials' attention. Cool. Neither here nor there. Yeah, I'm it not had gonna, nothing to do with the fact that y'all can't shoot the ball. I'm gonna, all that to say, Christian <laughs> did a phenomenal job he in his did. first year. I'm excited about the future. We were a top 10 defensive team nationally and a top 220 team offensively. Uh, but, you you know, we we stole the number one recruit, um, got him, uh, stole him away from Ole Miss. Uh, yeah, Joshua Hubbard. It's just a fast twitch, quick player. He's TBD he's, five, on that. he's six foot uh, standing on a phone book, um, but the kid can hoop, kid can play. And and uh, right now he's Mississippi State Bulldog and find, finally somebody that can score, which we desperately need. Yeah, I'm interested to see what happens with him. I don't follow basketball recruiting, but he is the number one player in the state of Mississippi. And he was committed almost for a long time. And who wouldn't decommit given the fact that we went, uh, let's see, uh, four and 14 in the SEC last year and mm-hmm. three and 15 in the SEC this year who wouldn't go to greener pastures uh 
I have a feeling that that'll be the first call that Chris Beard makes. Uh, we'll see if it happens. If not, fine, you know, whatever. But uh, props for, to Chris Jans. That was a good year this year for them. It was winning whatever means necessary, and I've yeah. given him props on this podcast before. I don't want to be repetitive, but uh, when you don't have the talent and still win, you find a way to win. That's coaching. Yeah, and, and that's I cannot. What we I cannot wait to see what he does in year one for Wichita State next year. <laughs> Get out of here. So for us, for us, you know, we talked about kind of Ole Miss is all season. For us, uh, priority number one is getting Talu Smith back, and I think there's a chance he comes back. If we can get him back to secure the middle, get a couple scores in the transfer portal, and maybe Josh, you know, Jamie Hubbard comes on board and we get some get some scoring out of him, I think we'll be a much better team next year. But yeah, not to beat a dead horse, but Chris Jans put on a master class in coaching with no, no, no offensive talent, like none. Is he a, is he a draft prospect? Kind of. He's like a fringe. I'm looking through the ringers draft guide here that Kevin O'Connor puts on. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm just kind of flipping through real quick to see if I see his name. He's a fringe draft player. He's, he's very raw. He, because it's hard, right? Cause you had Ben Howland who didn't get the best out of him. Jans did this year, but in small portions, especially considering he was our most consistent and best offensive player. They would just crowd the paint and make, you know, Matthews or DJ Jeffries or some of these other guys try and beat you and they couldn't do it. And so I would love for him to come back one more year, one more year with Chris Jans and see what he can really pull out of him because he made him a premier defender, got a lot more offensively out of him than Ben Howland ever did. I think it'd be in his best interest to come back because right now he's a fringe at best, probably a free agent signing. Yeah, I uh, he wasn't in Kevin O'Connor's top 40, but he doesn't do the whole 60-pick mock draft yet. Um, so, yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, it's always key to see who you can keep. I know that Chris Beard is going to work really hard on Jamin Brakefield mm -hmm. uh, to get him to stay. Um, him and um, – shoot, you can tell I didn't watch just a ton of Ole Miss basketball this year because um, I've gone blank on the – the wing player's name, but uh, <clears throat> that's going to be his first two calls. They were there at his press conference, yeah. and so hopefully he can get them to play. I've talked about Ole Miss basketball enough, uh, yeah. but um, yeah, I heard they were uh, they were getting awful choked up over there. Yeah, they seemed he got choked up last night talking about his players. Yeah. I know what you're doing, but I'm not going to pay any attention to it. <laughs> anyway, this is a college basketball <laughs> or college baseball podcast, the premier college baseball podcast. That's recorded in, in South Carolina slash North Mississippi. <laughs> so, Drew, talk about your Ole Miss Rebels, man. How they how they faring recently? Uh, recently they've been good. I mean, um, the most recent game was a loss at Jacksonville State, which is, you know, not ideal. But again, you chalk it up to baseball. I've I, I've been consistent about this. Uh, when it comes to baseball, you're going to lose some that you shouldn't. Every team's done it. I've defended Tennessee. I've defended Florida for losing no-name games. Um, I'm not going to bash Ole Miss for losing at Jacksonville State. Other than the fact that why are you playing at Jacksonville State? But that's yeah. beside the point. Um, they hammered us. Uh, they hammered our pitching. We walked a lot of folks. And uh, we didn't just – we had nine hits, but, I mean, they scored ten runs. And so – um, it didn't look good. Uh, we did look dominant in uh, the weekend series against Pittsburgh. I'm sorry, not Pittsburgh. Purdue. I'm thinking of Mississippi State losing last night. Purdue. Uh, Purdue. 
who Mississippi State is not playing in the second round. And they may, you know, uh, Pittsburgh may play Purdue, but no, not Mississippi State. Um, <laughs> played Purdue uh, this weekend uh, and played well. I mean, again, I love the fact that Ole Miss is playing Power 5 schools in the non-conference. Let me do some math for you. So Ole Miss went one and two. I'm sorry, two and one against Maryland uh, two weeks ago. Last week, they went three and zero oh against uh, Maryland, Minnesota, and Nebraska. And this week, they went three and zero oh against Purdue. So that's a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight and one record against the Big Ten. So if we don't get I can guarantee you right now, we will have a better record in the Big Ten than somebody when the Big Ten season finishes. <laughs> somebody. <laughs> yeah, we are 8-2 and two against the Big Ten. Uh, we played a Big Ten non-conference schedule is what we did. Um, and you finished that with only one loss to Maryland, and you revenged that with three wins in a row mm-hmm. against Maryland. So all that to say, Ole Miss is not going to have a problem hitting the ball. They have been really good fielding the ball. Uh, up until Sunday, we did not have a starter that went six innings, uh, and that is worrisome. Uh, however, you know you're that what I that's what I told you was the question mark. Mm. And if there's one way to fix subpar pitching, it's to hit the cover off the ball, yeah. and that's what they've done. Kemp Alderman had a weekend in which. On Friday and Saturday, he combined for three home runs and 10 RBIs, including a walk-off home run in the bottom of the 10th inning against Purdue. I was in person for that game. It was incredible. Um, Me and my son just lost it, you know, and so that was a special moment. Uh, Me and my mom and dad and my boy were there watching the game, so that was special to see that. Um, But he had, on Friday and Saturday, he had three home runs and 10 RBIs. Uh, on Sunday, he did not see a pitch in the strike zone. He walked four times, as smart baseball teams do. If you hit three home runs in two games, you're not seeing anything in the strike zone. More, you know, props to Purdue for not just plunking him every time. That's what I would have done. Sure. Uh, T.J. McCants uh, had three home runs and four RBIs, two solo shots and a two-run shot uh, in the first two games. Friday and Saturday was a home run fest. Um just a good, good weekend of baseball. Uh, I am getting a little nervous. We walk. I'm not nervous, rather. We've kind of regressed maybe to what we actually are. Uh, we walked, We went into the series this weekend as the number four team in the country in fielding percentage. Uh, that's going to drop after this weekend. We had two or three errors, four errors over on the weekend. Uh, it wasn't our most solid performance in the field. And uh, we're still trying to work these relief pitchers who are mainly who are mainly freshmen. We're trying to get them worked into SEC competition, get them ramped into SEC form. They're not showing it yet. They just they're you can tell. Yeah, Rusty, you can you played ball through high school. You played later than I did. You know that when they make this jump. In high school, the the boxes, the strike zone's a little bit wider. They're going to be a little bit more forgiving, and you can tell these freshman pitchers are trying too hard to hit the black. They're trying to hit the corners, 
and they're missing. What they need to do is trust their stuff, trust their defense, and throw strikes. Yeah. Because this is big. This is as big league as you get in the college game is in the SEC West. And you've got to, got to, got to throw strikes. And at the very least, you may get hammered every once in a while. I mean, that's just the reality of it. you're playing good pitchers. But what you can't do is just walk them. You, right. You've got to make them earn it. It's just like don't foul. You know, the team that fouls the most in the NBA, you're probably not going to win a lot of games. But if you play good defense and they just hit, hit the shot, you shrug it off. If you throw strikes – and they knock you around, well, that's just how it's going to be. You need to improve. But if you don't throw strikes and you walk everybody, then you don't even know how good you are unless you're just wild and that's just who you are. You know? Did you watch us play Virginia VMI and some of these teams early in the year when we were walking yeah. everybody? I get it. You know, <laughs> you the first game of Mississippi State season, they walked 11 dudes and lost to Virginia military. Mm-hmm. That's what you run into in baseball. If you can't take care of yourself, then you're not going to win. Right. You can you, you can outscore run. some folks, mm-hmm. but if if ultimately if you walk guys and you make errors, you're not going to win any games, no matter how good you hit. You do that against LSU, you lose by thirty. <laughs> right, and that's why Ole Miss is, I believe, what fourteen and three. Uh, they've lost three games, mm-hmm. so I think it's thirteen or fourteen or fifteen wins. Um. And they're getting too high to count. You wouldn't understand. Um, but that's all for nothing for me. We've played as good a competition as anybody in the fact that they've been Big Ten teams for the most part, and they haven't been non-conference. I mean, you know, right. group of five, lower level, whatevers. Um, so I'm willing to say that we did as good as we could have. However, I will never, never, never tell you that Ole Miss is great based on their non-conference schedule. We're going to find out what Ole Miss is this weekend when they go to Nashville to play Vanderbilt. They play tomorrow night, they play Friday, and they play Saturday against Vanderbilt. Um, I kind of haven't heard this. I kind of expect a little bit of pitching changes. I think they're going to throw that lefty uh, Xavier Rivas uh, he's the, been the Sunday night Sunday game guy all year. Uh, I think he's he was a Sunday night guy because a little bit on Mike Bianco. He likes to alternate the the handedness of his starters. Uh, Hunter Elliott was a lefty on Friday, so they threw uh, the freshman Grayson Chaunier, who's righty on Saturday, and Rivas, who's a lefty on uh, Sunday. That's why they're that's not he was the third best pitcher, but he likes to alternate the hands with Hunter Elliott out. Uh, Jack Doherty has stepped in. He's a righty. So I kind of expect him to move Rebus to Saturday, or in this case, Friday, the middle game, uh, to alternate the handedness uh, and the fact that he's just been better. Grayson Sonye on Saturday against Purdue struggled hard. You could tell a lot about the character of the guy because despite the fact that he walked five guys in the first inning and a third, or in the first inning, and then walked a few more in the second he still lasted four innings and didn't give up much, you know, still winning when he got out of the game. So he's going to be a warrior. He just got to locate his pitches, throw strikes, you know, like I said a minute ago, just throw strikes, let the guys hit if they're going to hit. Um, 
So I think there may be a little bit of a pitching change. I've been surprised, and longtime Ole Miss followers uh, will know what I'm talking about, and I hope there's a few out there, and I'm not just talking to the wind, because I know Rusty is just totally tuned out at this point. <laughs> uh, Mike Bianco's always been one to toy with his batting lineup. He's always kind of shifting guys around, seeing where you can get the most out of them. He seems extremely comfortable with what he's got now. Uh, sure, you're going to go up a spot or two, but you're going to get the same lineup pretty much every night. And it's kind of comforting because even last year uh, when we had seasoned veteran hitters in the lineup, he still toyed with them a lot. And he is kind of, maybe he learned something or maybe he just feels confident in the lineup he's got that he's not, he's not veering very far from what he started the year with. You know, he's going to back Kemp in the three or four hole. And um, as he should, Cal- Calvin Harris is going to hit in the other, you know, whatever Kemp is, Calvin will be the other three or four. Jacob Gonzalez has been our leadoff hitter almost every single game. Uh, Ethan Groff has been the two-hole hitter almost every single game. The transfer from Tulane has been incredible. Um, TJ McCants is hitting in the five or six-hole every single game. Chatney's batted set, uh, eighth or ninth in almost every single game, and he is batting over 400 and second in the team in home runs as your nine-hole hitter, and that's on purpose. That is somebody late in the late in the lineup that doesn't strike out a lot and is very effective in rolling the lineup back over to the top. And so one through nine, you're looking pretty solid. The only thing that you worry about from the hitters is at the DH spot. He is uh, Will Furness, uh, a true freshman lefty, plays DH against right-handed pitchers and against left-handed pitchers. Uh, He can kind of alternate in there. Uh, And so that's the only spot that's not just great, but – uh, all in all, I'm I'm pretty confident, but I'm going to hold all judgment until next week. If we go and sweep Vandy in Vanderbilt uh, in Nashville this weekend, expect the biggest head you've ever seen. Next You'll be intolerable. On <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, that's my spiel on Ole Miss. Um, it's uh, it's it is feeling. If I was to summarize it. It's feeling pretty good, but not speaking def- definitively yet. What about you? Can you definitively say give that me a, Mississippi State give me, sucked yet? Give me a one to ten. Oh, where are you at on Ole Miss right now? Is a ten winning the College World Series? Uh, and a one is like Mississippi State? Like or, Auburn right now. Like Auburn. Uh, seven and a half. Oh. I think we're I think we're good. I think our floor is high. I think our ceiling is to to be determined. I, we're not going to suck mm-hmm. unless the pitching just continues doing what. If the pitching doesn't grow, we you know you're looking at a fourteen and sixteen to fifteen and fifteen SEC team this year. Uh, if the pitching figures it out, look out. Yeah, absolutely. So. Don't look now, but your Mississippi State Bulldogs are going streaking. We won tonight to make it seven in a row. I'll be the first to admit the level of competition is not the best. Uh, we beat Cal, who's a pretty good baseball team, back way back on March the 5th. Uh, wins against Valparaiso, the fighting Bryce Drews. Lipscomb swept them in Starkville this weekend, beat Nichols last night, and beat Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, tonight, which is what All right, we so needed. let me get this right. Y'all are streaking against Cal, Nichols, 
uh, Valpo, and the most respectable win, Louisiana Lafayette. So. I'm just writing it down so I remember. You, you took my point away from me. <laughs> the point is we needed that. We have been struggling yes. this year. We are young. Our freshmen are carrying our our lineup, our rotation right now, especially Gerangelo. Bradley Lofton had a phenomenal outing last night. Gerangelo struck out 11 the other night. Like We're really, really young. Yeah, you needed Bryce, a good palate cleanser. Yes. Yeah. Bryce Chance is our is leading our team in, in batting average right now at 389. Guy's just a hit machine and has played his way into an everyday starting either left field or DH, mostly left field right now. He's basically put Dakota Jordan on the bench. Um, hitting 389, OPS of 1.037, really tearing the cover off the ball. Amani Larry's having a good year. Ross Highfall, this is officially a Ross Highfall stand account. I Ross Highfall is your everyday catcher until proven otherwise. My man is great behind the plate. He's really, really good at defending second base from steals. He hit the other night. It was a it was a crock that he was not uh, freshman player of the week last week. They gave it to that kid from LSU and I think a kid from Georgia. Ross Highfall had three home runs in a game the other night with six RBIs. Absolutely tearing the cover off of baseball right now. Has just forevermore played his way into a starting role as our starting catcher. Moving Luke Hancock into the back to first base or the DH role. Uh, again, our bullpen is anchored by freshmen. Uh, from starters, like I said, Gerangelo and Bradley Lofton. Both uh, Bradley Lofton's got a 2.84 ERA. I uh, got 30 strikeouts already, and we're in a very young season, 15 games, 17 games in. We're still a year or two away because we're young. We're, we've got a lot of growing to do. There's going to be a ton of growing pains. We're going to have struggles. We're going to walk people. We've walked some more people the other night against Lipscomb, Lipscomb and still found a way to win. But we're going to live and die by our freshmen, both our hitters both our and, and our pitchers. Lamonis has done a great job of tinkering with the lineup, moving people around. Hunter Hines is getting hotter than fire. My man is just tearing the cover off of baseball. Already has 19 home runs this year, leading the team, just killing a baseball. He hit uh, one the other night in Biloxi that landed in the ocean, hit it over the casino out there in center field, just an absolute tank shot, um, tearing the cover off of baseball. So it's nice to see him starting to get hot. Pitching, like I said, it's coming around. We're not walking people as much. Again, had that game against Lipscomb the other Saturday where we walked a few batters, and it looked kind of like we were back into our old rhythm, but we found our way out of it. We pitched our way out of it. I think our starting lineup is going to be a combination of Gerangelo, Bradley Lofton, and maybe Landon Gartman. Um, some kind of combination thereof, but Gerangelo is going to pitch his way into our Friday starter as a freshman in the SEC Look out in two years. Kid's going to be a stud. I'm like you, Drew. Like, again, our level of competition hasn't been as good over the last couple of weeks. We play at Kentucky, which I think is a really good first SEC series for us. It's at Kentucky where we've historically played well in baseball, not so well in football. Um, so we'll see this weekend, right? We'll get a first taste of SEC ball. Kentucky's a middle-of-the-road East team. They're a good SEC team, but they're not great. So it'll be a good test um, of us before we also play Vanderbilt the next weekend, but we play him in Startville. So if I had to rate it, one being we're uh, the worst, we're going to finish last in the SEC like we did last year, and 10 we're winning a college world series. <coughs> we're probably like a four and a half, maybe a five. We're getting okay. better. 
Our floor is a lot lower than Ole Miss. Our floor is a lot lower than other teams in the SEC. But I think if our freshmen continue to mature and continue to play good baseball, get solid at bats, our ceiling is creeping up. Um, I think that's a good place to be. I mean, you can you can rebuild a couple different ways. Ole Miss has rebuilt through the transfer portal this year. We're starting a lot of freshman arms in the bullpen and one on Saturdays currently. Um, but you returned enough bats that you could pick and choose what you wanted out of the transfer portal. Yep. That's not sustainable uh, if you don't recruit from high school. So I'm glad we've got some freshman arms. Uh, the other way to do that is just to heavily recruit high school, hope you hit, and that process takes a little longer, but you have more chance of sustained success. So as you, for you as a Mississippi State fan, you see that path being taken. So if you can be patient, much like we were with the Grizzlies, to where you can see the path that they're going to take, they're going to try to do it with high school kids, and then use the transfer portal to take you over the top. Mm-hmm. If you can see that as being the path and you trust the guy that's leading you down the path, yeah, then that's very encouraging and you can live with a subpar season like you and have I think last that's year. Where, that's where we are. I think we are very much building like grassroots. We're building for 2024, 2025. Whatever we do this year is going to – it's just like our basketball team. It's icing on the cake. We were awful last year. So anything we do this year is going to be better than last year. Even if we're like almost 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 if we're on par, but we're playing Dakota Jordan, we're playing uh, uh, Bryce Chance, Ross Highfall, Gerangelo. So many freshmen are contributing at bats and innings pitched for us right now. Um, David Mershon or Con- uh, David Mershon, Connor Hijack, like so many people are playing as freshmen that we're playing for 2024 20, 20, and twenty twenty five. I think the future is bright. I like Chris Limonis, Scott Foxhall, still kind of out on the on the fence on him, but um, I, I think we're trending upward from where we were two weeks ago on this very this very same podcast. All right, well, let's end our college baseball talk on this. I'm sure you saw it on Twitter. Kendall Rogers of D1 Baseball, he tweeted out, and according to sources, this was yesterday, uh, according to sources, beginning in 2025 with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma, so that will be next baseball season. Right. Or the following baseball season. Uh, the SEC will move to a regular season schedule that will include two series each year against permanent opponents mm-hmm. and eight series against rotating opponents for 30 games. So you're not lengthening the SEC schedule, mm-hmm. but as an Ole Miss fan, what you're looking at, you know your per- one of your permanent opponents is going to be Mississippi State. The next one, Arkansas, you just pick one. We'll, we'll say Arkansas. I hope it's Arkansas. Um, those are your only two opponents that you know you're going to see every year, and then you will see eight opponents, regardless of division. There will be no, there may still be standings for East and West, but there will not be. Currently, you've got six series against the West. You've got four series against the East. Now yeah. you can five and five, or however you know mm-hmm. you could have seven East opponents and three West opponents. Regardless, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on that? I like it, uh, especially because the prediction I saw had our two uh, permanent opponents as Ole Miss and Alabama. We may never lose an SEC series with our permanent opponents again. Like, we haven't lost a series to Ole Miss since 2015, but that's neither here nor there. It's a bad Um, run. That's no doubt. 
I will say this. I, I like it. I think it makes sense. I think you have to get those predictions right. The one I saw had us with y'all in Alabama. The one I saw had y'all with us in Vanderbilt, which just doesn't make sense to me. I think it needs to be Arkansas. I think that's a great matchup, um, particularly because I hope both of y'all would lose somehow. But anyway. Well, if you I'll, think about it, you know that LSU and Arkansas are going to play. You know yep. Ole Miss and State are going to play. And the natural rivalry for Ole Miss is LSU, if you think about it. history. And that's that's number two. I mean, old people argue that LSU is a bigger rival than Mississippi State. They're, they're wrong. That's wrong. Uh, Whoever says that, uh, you're wrong. But, Absolutely wrong. Uh, LSU is number two in football. I would say Arkansas is number two. Y'all want them to be number two because you yeah. want to be on the same. I would say Arkansas is number two. Yeah. Um. I'm sorry. Uh, which team won the national championship? Was it LSU, Arkansas, or Ole Miss? Yeah, no, no, no. I'm saying okay. y'all want. No. I'm, we're talking about. I thought you were going to football. Y'all want LSU to be your rival because you want to be on that same par, but you ain't. You, you don't know. pick Continue. rivals based on who you want. I want to be rivals with Vanderbilt. What are you talking about? I don't <laughs> want to be rivals with LSU. It just happens that way. I hate LSU. I don't care about Vanderbilt, but sure, if you want them to be a rival, then great. I would love for them to be a rival. We'd have a win every year. We have a win every year as it is. They're our permanent opponents. Can we pick Kentucky as our rival? Shoot, I'd love to play Kentucky every year. Y'all get that. Yeah, well, that doesn't always go well because we can't win in Kentucky and they can't rival. win in Starville. <laughs> we, don't, we don't pick our rivals. That's, that's a load of crap. I mean, I, I, let me pick my rivals. Our rivals are in baseball, Alabama, and Kentucky. <laughs> there we go. It's been decided. That's our two permanent opponents because that's who I hate the most. No, you hate the teams that beat you or at least beat you equal amount of times as you beat them. That's the rules. Sure. And so uh, that's why Mississippi State is not allowed to have Alabama as their quote-unquote rival. Mm. So um, anyways, I hope that – I think it's great. Well, let me get back to the original point. Let's not – chase rabbits here we're at an hour and 30 something minutes um i like this and i like this in football i like this in basketball we're at 16 teams now uh in football where you only play three teams from the east uh and you never you know you go 15 years before you ever see georgia at home you know yeah. you don't you get to see all the teams at least every, I think it was every three or four years. Yeah, I think so. Is is how is the math I saw in football? Uh, I like it. Let's get rid of conferences. Let's just do it like the NBA does it, and uh, let everybody play each other. Have your like permanent it. opponents. Don't ruin the rivalries with Ole Miss and State or Ole Miss and Arkansas or Mississippi State and Arkansas. Whoever, pick your two. Mm -hmm. um, don't lose those rivalries to where we don't play State every year, uh, and then scrap divisions. Uh, seed it yeah. based on the 10 or 14 or 16 best records for the tournament. Yeah. And let's just go from there. Uh, divisions are thing of the past. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, the big 12 does it in football. I think it's a smart move, particularly as you continue to grow into a mega super conference. It's the right move. Uh, I like the two, two, maybe three West rivals, depending on how the season falls out. If you add a third, you have to lengthen the season a little bit or you shorten your East. But anyway, I think it's the right move for college baseball and the SEC for sure. Yeah, I do too, and I think they should do it in all sports. I agree, but with Especially that, the sports and play fewer games. There you go. 
But with that, we are wrapping up this episode of Two Bucks Sports Podcast. Like always, look us up on Instagram and Twitter at the number two bucks sports pod. Facebook is Two Bucks Sports Podcast. Uncle Buck, I enjoyed another jam-packed episode. If you made it this far, uh, big shout-out to you. This is a long-winded episode, and I appreciate you being here. Hey, I enjoyed it. It was a great podcast full of lots of stuff that, that at least me and you care about. Yeah. I want to remind everybody, jump in the bracket challenge. We're posting this uh, probably later tonight, which is Thursday night, March the 15th, but most Wednesday. of you guys will probably listen on March the 16th. Uh, we'll remind you on social media if you haven't listened yet, but if you're listening to this on Thursday, I hope it's not too late. Get in there, make your bracket, try to win the T-shirt. I know it's not a million dollars like some of these other people give away, but you know you get what you pay for with this podcast. So uh, <laughs> That's right. get in there, try to get you a T-shirt, uh, and until then, we'll talk next week. Be good, boys. See y'all later. Thanks, Drew.